0: Back everybody to another episode of the Problems Podcast. We got uh episode 95 today, and with us we got Alex. Alex, uh, me and Alex used to be stationed together a good old long time ago in um Sigonella. Uh his first duty station, my first duty station it has been a minute. We've kept we kept loosely in touch over the years, right? Um kind of I guess reconnected, I don't know how long ago on Facebook. As you guys watching can tell, Alex got this nice, healthy, like fucking middle, you know, Eastern European beard thing going right. Like it's beautiful, it's lush. I'm jealous he's not in no more, right? He got out, you got out after your first enlistment,
1: right? I did, yep. 2009.
0: 2009. So, you know, first thing we're going to do, right, is we're going to kick it off with a quick, like rapid fire. Alex, could you tell us the Top five reasons why you joined the Navy back in uh, 2000, what, 2004, 2003?
1: Yeah, 2004. Um, top five reasons? I don't really have five reasons probably for you. Yeah. I mean, I I tried the college thing. Um, that didn't work out for me. I, I liked the party a little too much, and I was working a full-time job at McDonald's at the time, and a recruiter came through the drive-thru and said I'd be a good fit for the Navy because I was young and athletic. So I was doing some dumb stuff school wasn't working so I didn't want to waste my money there I probably should try to stay out of trouble so I mean I I thought about the military prior to that when 9-11 happened my senior year and and so then you know the fall of 03 I ended up going to MEPs so I mean I think my my main two reasons were I wasn't going to want to be at McDonald's for my whole life and it kept me out of trouble so it, it it straightened me out and gave me some time to think on what I wanted to do moving forward. So I don't really have five reasons for you. I got like two good ones
0: though. Hey, there there it is, man. Two good ones is all we need here, right? It's uh I think those are usually two good ones that kind of a, a lot of people find themselves in, right? Uh maybe feeling that stuck, you know, not like what that, that just what am I doing? What am I gonna be doing? And um yeah, thanks for sharing. So uh as we were saying, you know, Alex, we met in Sigonella. Uh used to party a little bit together, right? Kind of di- like same circle, but kind of different circles, right? Oh, something you mentioned is like you're you're the very athletic type, right? And um, so you you mess around with a lot a lot of that in the Navy, right? And uh so can you tell us about some of that early, not just like that early service years, right? Cause I remember you going um one of the biggest things that stands out was like your uh all Navy softball team stuff right that you did there so just take us through a little bit of, of your early service career and, and some of that you know softball team stuff for the navy and everything like that what was that like and how did it kind of you know mold you as you went through your first enlistment
1: yeah i mean i when i when i got to sig my my sponsor um god I, I wish i could remember frost i think was his last name and
2: mm-hmm. he,
1: i didn't know i didn't know anybody and you know obviously new country kind of just 20 year old Wide-eyed kid, and he was like, "You look athletic. You want to play flag football?" Sure. So I went out to flag football instead of meeting some people. And then someone was like, Do "You play baseball? Did you play baseball?" So I said, "Yeah, I played, but I had elbow surgery in my senior year and had not played since." And I was healthy, so I went out, and tried out. I guess tried out for the softball team on the base, and I guess I was all right. I guess I hit it pretty well, and I had a <laughs> bunch of older, bunch of older guys there that took me under their wing and you know, taught me how to play slow pitch softball. If that's like, uh, it's kind of funny to say that because it's underhand, you know, not that difficult to hit, right? And yeah. then, you know, I did that from, the, you know, basically when I got there in '04 in September through, and we played all the time on base league stuff or whatever. And then, you know, someone told me, oh, there's this all Navy team. And I know anything about it. I had some good, some of the older guys had played, um they put my name in like I got put my name in and they gave me a good reference and so I went over in 06 I came back to the states and tried out for the Navy team and kind of funny story first day of tryouts I ran to first base and rolled my ankle pretty bad um didn't find out I didn't go to the doctor because they said if it was broken I'd have to go home so I taped it up and played and made the team and like eight ten weeks later I was back in the states actually about to go on deployment with the squadron I went to, I had gone to the doctor and they said, Oh, it looked like you broke your ankle a while ago. So uh, maybe like 10 weeks ago, probably. So, <laughs> um, it was healed. It's fine or whatever now, but yeah, I played, I made the Navy team. I in 2006, um, made the armed forces team that year. Couldn't go. Cause I had to go back to SIG to transfer, but, um, and then, 07 I went back and then 08 I went back again and uh, got out in 09 so I mean it was a big part of it because that's all we did in, in the military is you know we we work obviously a ton and at the squadron I worked a ton and I was off weekends so I'd play softball and pass my time that way and that was yeah it was a good experience I mean it was a month and a half six eight weeks usually yeah. every year you go literally practice and play softball and then have the rest of the day to do whatever we wanted, not have to sit at the computer at work. So, I mean, not a bad gig at that point. Um, but it was, it was something that, you know, I, I made some really good friends doing that guys that I still talk to today. That's awesome. Um, you know, got me on some teams that I played in after I got out, um, you know, in the, in the country and, you know, it's been a, it was a, it was a fun ride for sure. But, Wouldn't, wouldn't want to go back. That would mean I'd have to be back in. So (laughs) well, do you feel like, um,
0: like as a recruiting tool or as a a retainment tool that it's something that almost kind of kept you around or that it's, that it's possible to keep others around
1: for that? No, I don't, I I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's like I said, it's six weeks or whatever it is. There's no guarantee you're going to make the team. Right. And so I would, Why would I go, you know, and it's obviously all Navy dependent, right? Like if they want you, if they allow you to go. So if you go on deployment, you ain't going, you know? So just like everything in the military, it's the needs of the Navy and that comes first. And, you know, guys, if they can go, they try to go if they're good enough. And, you know, if not, then, you know, you don't go. Like if I would have stayed in the squadron I was in left for deployment, I actually on my birthday in 09 in February. And I think they were gone till November or whatever it was that year. I, I don't know. I didn't, didn't ask. Cause I was already, I was going on terminal leave in March. So, you know, we, I would have missed it that year, you know, so if I went, oh, I'm going to play softball up, oh, would have missed that one. And then who knows like what happens the next year and the next, you know, and where you end up duty station wise and, yeah. and whatever. So, um, I was just very lucky that I had a good, um, SIG was very good to me when they allowed me to do that. And then um, the squadron, we had got back from deployment in May of 07. I flew back to Virginia and literally flew back out to meet the boat. But like, I didn't even know we were on deployment. And when we got back in May, we weren't doing any workups or anything, obviously, from the deployment. So they let me go in 07. And, and then same in 08, they, uh, they were nice enough to let me go because um, they knew I was getting out at that point. I had already made up my mind I was getting out and, you know, they're like, all right, yeah, you can go. So, yeah. it was uh, it was nice. I mean, they were I was very blessed that they, the squadrons I had and the command and sig allowed me to to do that. So.
0: When when you were started, so, you know, you you say you're working at McDonald's, right? You're kind of feeling that stuck kind of like you know don't want to get in trouble that you can kind of see you know whatever levels of trouble that is and you're starting to think like i'm gonna join the military at what point in there's those first four years five years where you're like okay i i've learned my lesson of not to get in trouble or and figured out the college thing or figured it you know you know what i mean like kind of figured out okay i've I've hit my grown-up spot now Mm -hmm. This, this is all i'm doing when when was that what what was that like for you when was that for you
1: I mean, I, you know, the trouble like going back to that, you know, I had a buddy get arrested for something fairly serious. Um, he spent, he actually got out of, out of prison in 2019. For, for what he did back in 03. Um, you know, and it was, that was kind of an eye opener for me. Um, you know, like, Oh, golly, like, that's a bad, that's a bad idea for him. And so that was kind of part of the reason why I was like really thinking about doing that, the military thing. And and once I got in, I mean, and then our job was boring. I mean, there's, SIG was amazing. I mean, we shore duty, 21 years old travel around Europe on weekends. If we wanted, you know, make trips wherever we wanted to go. And, you know, we, we didn't have to work crazy hours, you know? And so I had a, uh, you know, that was a probably a bad experience to start with. Like, oh, this is the Navy. I'm the <laughs> And then I, you know, I transferred back to Italy or back to the States and end up in a squadron, F-18 squadron in Virginia. And I'd go to the quarter deck to check into the command on the base at Oceana. And they like, oh, they just left for deployment. And I was like, well, oh, damn, my sponsor didn't even tell me. Like, I had no clue. It wow. flew me all the way back to... Virginia just to literally fly me all the way back out to I don't know Bahrain or something two weeks later to meet the boat so I did one one deployment there Um, I think I got out there in, I don't know beginning of November and we got back Memorial Day weekend I was like that sucks and uh, you know I, I the job wasn't for me you know sitting at a desk you know being a an SK at the time, um, more of an AK doing all the aviation stuff, but, uh, SK at the time, I think it switched right when I got out to LS, but, um, and it wasn't my thing, you know, sitting at a desk all day and ordering parts. And I knew that wasn't kind of what I wanted to do anyway, uh, growing up. And I wanted to do something a little more active. And so I made a decision, <clears throat> you know, probably right when we got back from deployment, I was like, all right, this is 07. I got a year and a half ish left. I'm probably going to be done. I honestly hated our job so much that I volunteered to go to Iraq and an IA billet. And that was right after deployment. I volunteered, put my name in the hat. Like three months later, the LT called me in the office and he walked by the shop and he was like, Puskridge in office. And I was like, Oh shit. What'd I do?
2: <laughs>
1: and he sits me down. I'm like, remember that email you sent me about going to Iraq. And I was like, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, from like a few months ago. He said, yeah, he said, well, you're selected. You leave in January for the, for training. And I was like, all right, when do I get back? And he goes, you get back beginning of April 09. Perfect. I get out on April 09. No problem. So did all the training. Met two really good friends. Actually, the one who probably got me to move to Arizona after I got out um, was there. And Yeah, we went to the training, and then they told us to training, three months. I said, no, we're not going to go to Iraq. The CNO nixed it, so we're not going. So back to the command I went and I knew for sure I was done. I was getting out. I said, I'll figure it out. You know, and I had a lot of people, you know, especially at the end of 08 when the economy started to crash, you know, telling me I was an idiot, you know, master chief, senior chief, whoever the hell else. And I said, I'm getting out. I don't care. You know, I'm done. I just said, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. So I got out. They all told me I was dumb. Wasn't dumb for me, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know looking yeah. back on it, you know, and it was a good decision for me at the time. And, and I think, you know, like I said, five years of the military was great for me, though, straightened me out, ended up paying for college. And, you know, a few years later, I decided to use my GI bill and, you know, paid through pretty much my whole master's program, even. I think I paid out of pocket for a handful of classes only. So, you know, it was pretty good. It was good for me.
0: That's awesome. That, that's good to hear that like, it, it's one of those like actual success stories, right? Because we, we as me, you know, me now being in fucking 18 years in December, right? Like you hear about a lot of young cats, you know, getting out. Um, and I hate you being with people are like nowadays, it's always like, hey, what's your plan when you're getting out? I tell people nowadays, I don't care about what their plan is. Right, you're a 22, 25-year-old fucking adult. That that's that's your problem for your plan or not plan, right? And a lot of chiefs will hate me for that. Right? They'll be like, "Nope, they're still your sailor." No, they're not. No, no. They they DD214 in hand out the fucking front gate. I got people here I got to worry about now, right? That's not my problem anymore. They could go and fucking fail or fucking succeed, but that's on them. You know, so it's awesome to hear that you're you you were headstrong enough to not fall into that trap of people telling you you know you ain't gonna be shit this and that and and still succeed and we'll get more into you know what you're doing now and your kind of path like that but um what during your time what would you say like your best moment was serving
1: oh jesus um i mean i I tell people all the time you know they find out you know i was in the military i'm a veteran or whatever oh thanks for your service and i'm like I mean, I didn't do much. To be honest, like, let's be honest, like 95% of the military, right, whatever, 90%, we ain't doing nothing spectacular. Like, I was literally work logistics. Like, I could go to DHL or UPS or whatever right now and probably do the same job. It's just one, I wore a uniform for the country and the other one, I would wear a uniform for the company, you know, and you know, not to say, you know, being in the military, I mean, it's great for me. It did a lot of great things for me. Um, I think that, you know, I I don't know, man. I, I think just the friendships that I've made, you know, there's like Rennie from over yeah, in yeah. SIG. I'm still yeah. in a fantasy football league with the guy, you know, Chesney is in the fantasy football league, you know? So like these guys that I was in SIG with in 04, yeah. you know, I still am in contact with so it's, uh, you know, I think just the friendships and like you and I, for instance, you know, we stayed in touch here and there. I moved to Arizona. You're like, oh, Arizona, you know, and all this other stuff. So it's just, that's probably the highlight of it is yeah. we went, I didn't do anything special. I played all Navy softball three years. Cool. Um, you know, but I didn't do anything spectacular. Um, it was a grind. It was, it was tough, you know moving out at 20, going to do this military thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's one of those things where you don't really know what you get into.
2: Yeah.
1: I will be, you know, I can, I can be honest. I, my recruiter never lied to me to be honest with that. You know, I mean, he was actually real good. I couldn't remember his name to save my life, but um, he was very honest with me. This is what it's going to be like. This is how boot camp is, you know, whatever. And I was like, okay, whatever, let's do it. You know? Yeah. So, I might've been the easiest guy for him to ever sign up. I think so I was just like, we had a meeting, talked about it. I told him, call me in a week. If he calls me before that, I'm going to say no and go sign up for someone else. Cause I was going to sign up for somebody. I thought he called me a week later. Said, what do you think? I said, all right, let's go. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I have any, I think that just the memories too, right? Is you live in Italy as a 20 year old, drive up to Rome on the weekend, you know, went to Octoberfest in Munich, you know, been to Paris, you know, done a lot of cool shit that a lot of people probably never get to do. And so I did get to see the world, I guess. Yeah. You want to say that, but, you know, nothing spectacular that really stands out. Um, partied a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: yeah. No, that I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's a great story, right? Because I, I think too many people, too many people, too many times get stuck on that, um like that is something fabulous or that they got this great story of, you know, something. And I, I've talked it about on here, like, yeah, I mean, we're not all, you know, the door kickers that are out on the front lines, you know, with all these great glory stories of fucking valor. Right. Yeah. 98% of us are just, you know, right in the desk doing the job. Yeah. It's all in support of the bigger mission and everything, but you know, it, my replacement sits right next to me. I'm training them. Like I'm about to be gone. in, you know, four years, like, it's nothing spectacular. Yeah. You know, the longevity of mine, the shortness of yours, it doesn't matter. Right. It it all just keeps going, you know? And so I, I feel the same though. You know, I, I like that you mentioned that. I think, I hope listeners appreciated that it's like, um, it's not like this glory service thing that a lot of us, that 98% are looking at. It's really just the friendships and memories with those friends that we made over the, the short time or the long time that, you know, are, are the most fond to uh, look back at, right?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, from an outsider, they don't really know what we do, like what you do in the military, right? Yeah. Like, like in Italy, I worked the mid-check shift for the last year I was there. I worked yeah. 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. with... Kaban, I don't know if we still talk to him at all. Yeah, bro. he's he's so, on Facebook still. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he and I would just go chill at of the office. Who's doing anything? Eleven to seven. Nobody. Yeah. We work Sunday through Thursday night, eight hour shift, forty hours a week. You know, it's not like, you know, whatever. Now you go to the squadron and you're on sea duty. Yeah, I worked. I worked at what we what everyone called state check. Right, eight thirty, or eight three thirty in the afternoon until whenever. They were done a lot of times. Mean, there was a lot of times I'd be there when the, the day check group would come in at six in the morning.
2: Yeah,
1: so it sucked, you know. It was a lot of hours, yeah. but it's just a job, you know. At the end of the day, and I don't think it was like I said, ninety five percent, ninety eight percent of us. It's just a job at the end of the, after you get through the whole boot camp thing and the schooling or whatever, then you just go and you go to work. You just wear a uniform and get some standards to hold obviously, and but. I don't think that, you know, it's, it, you know, I get questioned a lot all the time about like, did you ever see this? You know, it's just like, nope, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know, yeah. About the aircraft carrier is not fun, like,
2: it's big,
0: not fun. Well, do but, you ever get questions, or I guess questions, is right? What you said, but like, the Navy is completely different. Then, then everyone's oh middle, oh, army, marine. Were you a marine? You know, especially during the time that we've served, right, with the whole global war on terrorism mm-hmm. and everything like that. So everyone automatically jumps to those things, and then you're like, no, I was in the navy. And then there's like, okay, and, and so, oh, were you? You know, okay, well, seals. Oh, nope, nope, never, never seen them. I mean, I've worked with them, but like in your case, like, n- nope, right? Like, okay, and then like, oh, so what'd you do? Not really. We we float around on a ship. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, we're launching aircraft or doing this or that, but like, you know, they're the ones that are doing the sorties and dropping bombs or doing air support, and, and then they land, and then you know, I break out more parts for someone else to go fix it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that I I think that's the big question when people find out I was in the military. Oh, a branch? Oh, I was in the Navy. Oh, were you a SEAL? No. <laughs> like, they don't know anything else about yeah. it, you know. And it's like oh, I was on aircraft carrier for a while. And, spent some time in Italy and, you know, yeah, I did an appointment. I ordered a lot of parts, some really expensive things, you know, we had to order, you know, or whatever officer needed new boots and he came and yelled at me, you know, so, I mean, those are, you know, there's funny stories about that, you know, especially being in the squadron and, you know, being a, I was an E-4 my last, you know, when I got out. So, you know, these, you know, the new, the new pilots, you know, fresh out of, school and training and everything showing up and demanding things yeah you know not not talking as as i would as, as i would to somebody who's yeah. another human being you know thinking that because they got two bars on their shoulder that uh that made them better than me or whatever it may be not all of them there's just a few and i'll never forget a couple of them that were brand 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 new you know and I obviously had done a deployment. I'd been in for four and a half years at that point. I wasn't putting up with it. Man. Yeah. Whatever, like, yeah, yell, he yelled at me. I'm gonna write you up. I'm... Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, go ahead. I'm I'm getting out in three weeks. Like, all right, cool, buddy. So, yeah. but no, it's good, man. I, but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, you're still in, and you probably get a lot of the same questions I get. You know, it's always like, do you ever shoot anybody? It's like, no. Like, we're on a boat. Yeah. Just don't see land for 60 days. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, it's I mean, yeah, I look back on it. and I'm, I'm glad I did it. I feel proud that I did it, you know, but, you know, it was just another job, to be honest, you know, yeah. if we look back on it and be realistic about it.
0: How much have you shared, uh, like, with your wife now? Like, about, like, most of all that and, like, or is it just kind of like one of those chapters? Because, I mean, sometimes... You know, depending on when you meet your spouse and everything, you know, after you've served or this or that, like, like it was just a, a closed book chapter in your life, and it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's something I did, and and that's it, right? It was nothing special. You move on, but you know, for because for me, I, I've been with my wife since two thousand eight when I met her when I moved to Hawaii, right? So she's been with me for the whole ride. Mm-hmm. She comes from a Navy family. She she's well versed, mm-hmm. right? Your wife, like, what was that like? Kind of like divulge much you know some not not much not all the all the partying stuff but you know like what was that like
1: i mean she knows about the party yeah <laughs> was well before i met her right and she she knows you know i was just i was young and you know i we don't talk a bunch about like there's nothing to talk about to be honest like yeah i was on a boat for seven months like so when we went out to hawaii a couple of years ago we went out and saw the, whatever carriers out there um but or whatever ship is out there you know she so was pretty cool for like, like yeah i'm like oh yeah this is where like this and this is like yep that's about the same size bed i slept in and you know whatever so it was pretty cool to kind of like reminisce on that kind of stuff but yeah. like i mean talk to her about like well yeah the training for iraq or whatever like doing all that crazy shit that they had us do like basically army stuff for three months and, but like nothing there's nothing really to, I don't have war stories. I don't have yeah. like, yeah, we're on a boat for 60 days straight with no, no land. And then we pulled into port for three days and then we left again for 60 more. And, you know, like, that's not fun, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, there's just, but yeah, I mean, she knows about it. We, but we don't really, it's not something that. Yeah. that is discussed a ton, you know?
0: Yeah. I mentioned, cause I remember like, uh, she tagged you in something that popped up on my Facebook feed and it was about like a rack that you slept in. And and yeah. it, it, you know, and you're like, Yep, that's why I got out. And I could do nothing but laugh because it's like, Yep, and I've slept in that rack way too many nights, you yeah, know, like yeah. it's just such a regular occurrence now. You know, it's just kind of like but it, it it just kind of like was interesting because if she has never been around it and this is like the first time she's seen, oh shit, that's what you know, my husband slept in mhm like yeah it, like I said, it really is like fucking eye opening for people to be like wait like that that's that's all your space and i say yeah that's that's literally all my space it, it's called a coffin yeah. locker like cuz you feel that yeah. in it right like so you know that's why i was asking um what was your time so after you got out right uh you know the plan if you will like what what was that set up like what were you thinking you know you're like fuck it you know navy cool stepping stone uh the next step is what though
1: so, like I said, the, the one of the guys I met, you know, the training for Iraq was from Arizona. He was stationed in San Diego. So after we didn't go to Iraq, we all went our separate ways, but we stayed in touch. And uh, another guy who uh, was in with us, he was in Virginia. So we'd hang out a little bit after or whatever. But the guy in Arizona, like I'd always wanted to be a police officer. So the guy in Arizona was like, hey, man, like, Arizona police departments are hiring right now. My wife works at the sheriff's office, blah, blah, blah. We should look into it. if That's what you want to do. And I knew from like doing research in the past that it's a long process, you know, six, eight months to get hired. So I started doing research. I had never been to Arizona in my life. Um, I knew by looking at maps that a bigger name on the map would mean a bigger city. So I just looked. I did a lot of research and I found that I wanted to, Phoenix is big. Obviously I knew that I said, all right, one's Phoenix police department doing testing. And then what other city close by there is doing testing either the week before or the week after. And uh, so Tempe, Arizona was also testing at the same time, the week, uh, I think the week before Phoenix. So I reached out to my buddy and I was like, Hey, you like, where should I stay? And he's like, Oh, my wife's got, a, we got a house in Arizona. Just you can crash. And we got an extra bedroom. If you come out, I said, like, all right. So I flew out, um, did all my, I contacted both departments and I don't even remember the whole process, but I think I like had to submit something to do the test. And this is right when the economy was going to shit and no one was hiring. Um, and I, the recruiters for the departments were all like, it's, Tough sledding right now. Like you can apply, but we're not hiring a ton of people. I think Phoenix went on a year and a half almost without hiring anybody, something like that. Some crazy amount of time. And uh so I walked into the I went to the Tempe one first and sat down in a room with six hundred other people or something like that. In a. And they were doing a test, one test a month, and they're having that many people. Um, and so I did the test and from I was out of state, so I got through my physical test the next day, and then they put me through the um, the interview with the neck on Monday and then a polygraph on like Wednesday, like got me through like the first four parts. So I'd have to make minimal trips out. And then Phoenix, I did the test Friday and then the physical thing on Saturday. <clears throat> and then as a waiting game, you know, that was like October, I believe uh, I did that. And, uh, I didn't hear anything back from anybody. Um, we ended up going on a workup for the deployment, I think Jan- beginning of January. And I'm pissed because I'm like, I'm getting out in literally two months and I'm trying to find a job and you guys are making me go out to fucking North Atlantic for three and a half weeks when I can't have my phone. What if someone calls me to interview or whatever? Sure enough, we pulled back into port, turned my phone on. I got four voicemails from the departments like trying to get a hold of you, trying to move forward with the process. Need to call us back. If you don't call us back, we're not, you know. So I call them back like that night. I did a phone interview. With the one department and um like sitting in my parking lot of my apartment complex and i think i was on the phone for two and a half hours and he's like all right well, i'm gonna move forward to the background track and we'll let we'll let you know i was like all right so um the other one i they had me fly back out and do uh some uh um more testing like a polygraph and uh something else and then uh I think St. Patrick's Day, I was already on terminal leave and St. Patrick's Day, they had me come out. Um, the department that actually then finally hired me to do my final physical test and psychological test and a ride along. And I said, All right, cool. And if you you passed everything, you're on the list to get hired. And uh yeah, and it's just a waiting game at that point. No idea because the economy was going to shit. And I just was confused on if I would get hired, I'm on terminal leave, so I'm good for another couple months. But, And then uh, April 20th, they called me and said, hey, you start pre-academy May 17th. Here's what you need. I was like, oh, shit. So I packed up my car beginning of May and drove all the way up to Arizona by myself. Stayed with my buddy. He, had, he was getting out. Um, stayed with him through that year. And then I moved in at the time with a, a girlfriend, a girl I was dating, uh, at the end of that year or so, but I got through the Academy in my first few, uh, months of training there. And then, yeah, I just kept doing that. I did that for three years and, um, you know, work patrol overnight weekends. So I got to see some shit there. Um, and a lot more excitement than, uh, the Navy, I used my GI bill, um, Started in fall of 12, 2012. So, um, yeah, that was uh, just fun. We'll say that. I miss it sometimes, the adrenaline. But right now in the current climate, I don't know how much I actually miss patrol. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, I, man, that was a tough, like I, when you are telling me that you become, I was like, fuck, this guy's fucking popo now, right? Like, I can't trust him. He's a fucking pig. But it's a tough job. But definitely right. Like right now, it's not the I don't think it's people's favorite fucking people in the world. Right. You know, um, even without the climate right now. Right. I I think a lot. And, and, you know, being from, you know, Phoenix area, you know, the West Valley, Peoria and shit like um, good neighborhoods, but not the best neighborhoods. Right. It's like oftentimes you feel like, yeah, the you know, the, the cops there when you don't need them. And then when you need them, there's no cop around. Right. So, I mean, I I can feel like how I can't feel how you guys feel because I've never done it. Right. But I I could imagine that it is a tough job. And especially if you're trying to be, you know, the best cop that you can be and and a good cop. I got, I know another guy right now. He's a cop over in uh, Georgia somewhere. Right. And it's like he's trying to be the best cop that he can be, but he's, you still run across like people that actually really hate, like really hate cops. Not just like, oh, the fucking cops pulling me over, but like, really don't like you guys and so hats off to you man for doing that and 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 making it through and again uh hopefully you didn't see nothing too crazy that still affects you and keeps you awake up at at, at night you know
1: no i mean i think i mean there's things that you know especially when i drive through the city you know where i work you know like we she knows my wife now knows some of this i didn't know her at the time uh the girl i was dating at the time actually engaged to um you know she her dad was a cop in the same city retired Mm -hmm. and so she grew up in that family and in that lifestyle you know but for her she like she told me like one night it was she's like this is different you know it's like yes i love my dad but like it's different you know yeah um that your you know fiance at the time you know is actually doing that and you know a funny funny little story i i she came to a briefing one day, I think we were at lunch and so she came in and she knew all the guys and my boss at the time and she came in just chilling with the for the briefing and then before she was heading home and we were gonna hit the road and the boss sitting in the front and he's like, Hey, you know, Alex, good fucking job with them gangbangers and getting that um illegal uh AK off the streets, you know. And uh I kind of like looked over at her and she's pale white. You know, and because I didn't tell her about it, yeah. you know, and he kind of like, oh, she didn't know. <laughs> huh? It's like, it's like, nah, boss. And so then she ends up leaving, doesn't say shit, but she's awake when I get home at five in the morning. And she's like, what the fuck was he talking about? You know, <laughs> but we just knocked on a door and for a guy who had a warrant in a hotel and when they opened the door, and they had a fully loaded AK forty seven chilling by the door. It's like, oh, you know, yeah. Guns come out, shit gets loud, crazy for a little bit until we get everything calmed down. <clears throat> Both guys in the hotel room actually had warrants. Both gang members documented, you know. And I, I'll never forget. that we put them in handcuffs. They're very. They didn't cause. They didn't fight or anything. yeah um, Got them in my car. We're driving to the jail, and I said, "What are you doing at that hotel? You literally live like." Six miles away because I ain't going to tell you that. And I said, Well, I see you're wearing a certain color, and I know members of another gang that were another color yeah. are in the area a lot. And I said, What were you planning on doing? Just trying to see what he'd say. and He goes, Neither one of us are stupid. You know what was about to happen. <laughs> I said, Okay, well, let's go back to Phoenix and do that. You know, I, you don't even do that here. So, um, but no yeah it was you know he wasn't shy about he yeah. just wasn't going to tell me you know totally but he we we both knew you know and he was yeah. like he was fine he knew he was going back to jail for a little bit he didn't care you know yeah. he's like whatever I'll do my time and I'll get back out and, you know and that was I think you know to be honest like as a cop like yeah people hate you and yell at you and try to fight you and and, and whatever but like I, I, there was very, very few that were like, and a lot of it was a show, to be honest. I mean, I had a had a guy try to fight me one time. Uh, didn't end so well for him. Um, <clears throat> got him in the car and uh, he apologized. You know, he's like, hey, officer, I'm sorry. I took a swing <laughs> at you. You
2: know,
1: and, and I said, hey, man, I get it. You don't want to go to jail? He goes, nah, it has nothing to do with that. I don't give a shit about jail. But if I just comply, people see that, and then I get a reputation on the street. I was like, "Okay." He goes, "So if you ever see me again, and you try to arrest me, shit's gonna go down again." I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I said, "All right." So, and then that was, and, and it was funny, man. It happened a lot. People like these hardcore, some hardcore people wanted for some fairly serious shit, um, crying in the back of the car, you know, and probably because they know what's going to happen. They're going to jail or prison, you know, and, but then you have other dudes that like, they knew they were going to jail. And they just put their hand behind their back for you, you know, yeah. and like, Hey man, yeah, you got me. It's just a game. Yeah. You know, and it's a game really cops and robbers real life. So yep. it was, uh, it was, it was good. It was fun. I got to experience a lot of things. It's made a lot. It's really molded me to kind of who I am today and how I do things today. And my, I guess my, uh, I don't know, my mentality, I guess, I'm kind of just, especially for what I'm doing now, is just, is just kind of laid back and I don't stress little things at work because nothing is, nothing, what I do now is urgent. It's all yeah. can be thought out and you can have a conversation with people, or whatever. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just, then we went back to school. So that was fun.
0: So, so, so yeah, so you got out of that, went back to school. Like, what what was the deciding factor to get out of that? Was it just like, all right, I've done this, I've I've stacked the bread, we're good here? Was there ever a dream, like like the, here here's your dream job or something that you're chasing, and you're just kind of using one thing after another, or or like what happened?
1: No, I mean, like I said, I got hired when the economy was shit, so we didn't have any raises um, the whole time I was there. You know, and then they cut our pay a little bit Ooh. Um, my last year. And, you know, I had the GI bill to fall back on. And, yeah, so went to school.
0: <laughs> what would you go to school for?
1: So I, I didn't have any, to be honest with you, I was like, I just need to use my GI bill. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't really know what I want to do. So I just went back to school and did generals and JUCO right by my house, mm-hmm. you know, because it was cheaper. Not that it mattered because the GI bill, the post-9-11 is fabulous covers literally everything gives you housing allowance you know um so i really didn't know what to do um took some general classes i ended up having a professor for anatomy physiology class i took and she pulled me aside one day and asked me what i wanted to do i was taking her class and i said i don't know i just had to take a science class i mean i had always worked out and whatever but never trained anybody and so she's like what about being a strength coach and i said I don't know what that is. And told me about it and said, go look at these couple things. This is the association and whatever. So I read up on it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. Let me just start trying to work towards that. So ASU had a program exercise of wellness, it was called. It's exercise science now. Um it basically helped me down that path. So I yeah, That's what I did. I, I went to uh, the JUCO for like three semesters to get as many as I could. And then I went to transfer to ASU and uh, spring of 14. And I walked in there off at the lady's office, the little career counselor or whatever you call them um, in college and told her, look, I want to graduate in spring of 2015. She laughed at me. So that's impossible. I said, it's three semesters like in the summer. Like I got plenty. She's like, well, you need 78 credits or something like that. Um, I said, well, I don't want to take any classes when I do my internship that I have to do, which is 12 credits, but I don't want to take any other classes, I just want to focus on my internship, and she said, well, you're going to have to take a lot of credits, I think it might have been a little less than 78, though, to be honest, I think 12, it might have been almost, yeah, it was probably 60, so yeah, 72 with the internship, I said, I don't care, what do I got to do? And so she laid it out and she's like, take these seven classes in the spring, take these three or four in the summer, take these other five or six in the fall and you'll be done. I said, okay, sign me up right now for the spring. So she did. And that's what I did. I mean, legitimately 2014, I didn't work a day where I was paid by anybody. I mean, odd jobs here or there or whatever, probably, but I uh, didn't even file taxes for 2014 because I had no WTs. So I just did school and, that's all I cared about. I mean, I started school spring or fall 12, 2012, and I graduated spring twenty fifteen. So getting after it. Yeah, I mean six semesters, honestly. Um a couple summer classes here and there because I was like, I just want to get done. Yeah. And then that was that was it. And then started my master's program that fall and that was a little weird. It took a little longer because I took so took a break once I got hired, you know, a couple of jobs after school. I got hired by now, I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a minute, but um by a professional organization, uh sports organization. So I had to take a little bit of a leave from school because I didn't know what it was going to entail for a season. So yeah, uh, I didn't want to be too bogged down with school and trying to do this new job. So, but yeah, I finished that. And what was that? Valentine's Day 2018. I finished my master's program. So it was, uh, no, 20, yeah, 2018. So It was a little longer than it probably should have had to been. It could have been. That could have been done a lot faster. But, um, yeah, it was just school, 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 it seemed like. And then once I got done, it's like, no more school. So no more school for me. I'm done.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, so take us into that. So you you went to school. You did all that, right? And then – how 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 what, what was the hiring process like? Because oftentimes I hear all, a lot of young kids they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to school for this. I'm gonna go to school for that." You know, there's all these great things, and it's like, "All right, that sounds cool, right?" But the something I hear from like you and other people I've talked to that have actually had success, what what I consider like great success outside of the Navy, which means not in a fleet concentrated area, working as a contractor or as a federal worker. Back for the military, right? Like getting out, cutting ties, going forth and doing great things is like there was, there was kind of some luck, but you know, luck is just that preparation and opportunity, right? Meeting, meeting each other at at the right Mm -hmm. time and, and, and boom, knocking down those doors. You know, mm-hmm. but like doing the research and getting into it. So what was that like in trying to get that job that, you know, that you ended up landing and, and how, how that took you places? Jesus.
1: I mean, that's, that's a big question. I would get like a lot of times uh, when I was doing it, I mean, even it started before that. I mean, so the internship I got was in Boston, Massachusetts. So just outside of Boston oh, wow. at a place called Cressy sports performance. And he's very well known in the strength and conditioning community and in the baseball community As he trains a lot of baseball guys. He's got two facilities now. Um, one in Florida, one in Massachusetts, and, you know, I knew I needed the internship. I was told, you know, you could do any internship as long as they can meet our criteria. You just need to apply for it or whatever. So I reached out to them initially, um, cause I had followed Eric, the owner, like the name of the business for a long time, just like reading articles of his and stuff. And I reached out and the business manager got back to me and was like, here's our application packet. Like, All right, fuck it. I applied for it, um, did an interview, um, was accepted to another internship in, New- in North Carolina, um, like immediately. Cause I was a veteran because like, I love veterans. You guys are always usually like on your top of shit and whatever. Um, you have an internship with me. And then Cressy and them called back and said, you know, we'd like to offer you an internship. I said, here's what it is. You know, how many hours, whatever. And I said, okay. So I took it, oh. um, sold all my shit, packed up whatever I could in my car, drove my ass out to Boston uh, from Arizona. So I made a stop in Wisconsin on the way cause I was, it was Christmas, um, right around Christmas. We started the January 2nd, the internship. So I left Arizona like 21st or something and stayed, spent some time with my parents in Wisconsin and then finished the drive, but 42 hours total drive, which was miserable. Um, And then did that for five months. And I volunteered at a place in Arizona, um, kind of a smaller, they have multiple locations, but they're not like this huge training facility. But I volunteered at that place, a place when I was in school, went over there a few days a week when I could. And that same company offered me a position after my internship in Arizona at another location that I didn't intern at, I volunteered at, but I took it so that I had a job right when I got done with my internship and I drove back to Arizona. you know, and, and moved in with my now wife, um, who I had met actually September of 2014. And so when I met her, you know, it's a funny story. We I told her pretty quick, like, don't get attached. We're <laughs> not going to date. We... <laughs> and I said, I'm moving to Boston in three months. Like, I don't know where life's going to take me after that. I had no clue. Um, but we talked every single day um then when I left we talked every single day I don't think I think there's been one day or something like that since I met her that we haven't talked um but I moved back in with her worked that job for a few few months and then uh the internship um put out something on a Facebook group that we have that like this job in Wisconsin was looking for a strength coach from that intern there well let's back home maybe spend some you know get to see my family a little more so I applied and they flew me out for an interview and flew me back and, you know, and then called me a couple weeks later and offered me the job to run their strength conditioning, like basically build it from the ground up. They had just opened this academy and I said, I, I'll take it, you know, not a bad opportunity to learn a little more and grow and told my now wife, like, Hey, I'm gonna take this job in Wisconsin. So she stayed in Arizona and I went to Wisconsin. So did that from November 2015. Um, I met some cool people there. People I still stay in touch with today. Um, a guy, I'll, you know, I, we call, call each other step brothers cause we hung out a lot. We did a lot of cool shit together and a couple baseball dudes. I, I know. And I got to meet Cubs hitting coach that year. Um, he came and did a camp at our Academy for the kids. And you know, I think he was one of the ones that pushed me to apply for professional baseball jobs. Uh, You know, he talked to me one night. We were out having beers after a seminar, and we were all talking and bullshit. And he's like, you don't want to work with kids like this the rest of your life. You want to – you should try to do the professional baseball thing. Use me as a reference kind of thing. So, you know, that's 2016. That's the year they end up winning the World Series, obviously. Um, You know, so I – at the end of the year, usually September, October, jobs start getting posted for that. Uh, and so I applied for every single job that opened up that I found that I was qualified for. Um, I had talked to like one one team, two teams the year before, 2015, like right when I took that other job and none of neither one of them brought me on. And then I applied for every job. I, I, I might've applied for 20 baseball jobs. And I got one interview with the Reds, Cincinnati Reds, and uh, they did a phone call. And then they called me back and did like a little, zoom or skype or whatever the hell it was back then and uh they called me i'd already talked to my my wife now and i said look like they offered me this job like she's like you better take it because spring training is in arizona and we could be living in arizona all that shit so i uh yeah they called me the I think the day before thanksgiving in 2016 and uh he said hey Alex, i want to offer you a job at cincinnati reds and i said i accept and he said nope not gonna let you accept today <laughs> call me on monday and then just tell me so we can do it you know formally or whatever i was like you said you gotta talk to your girlfriend and family and stuff and i was like okay sure <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> you know so i told my parents on because i went back home i was in wisconsin so i drove in, in my, my parents house on thanksgiving and my brother and his um his wife uh were there and i said hey i'm and I accept this job with the Cincinnati Reds and moved to Arizona, you know, beginning of the year. They're like stoked for me, obviously. And so yeah, I accepted that position, started in twenty seventeen spring training um with Cincinnati Reds and did that for shit five years. Um,
0: was that like a spring training only gig?
1: No, so I mean my first year was a seasonal contract. So I, I started uh spring training when big league spring training started so I think it was like February it was right after my birthday. I remember I might not have started right when big league started, but I was right pretty quick after that. Cause I remember being in Arizona and knowing it, it might be my last birthday that I get to enjoy. So I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, didn't feel so great the next day. I think I started the 25th. So I had a couple days of recovery before, but, um, it was a seasonal contract through the end of the baseball season in the minor leagues with, I was in the Billings Mustangs uh, was the team I was with, who's no obviously no longer with the Reds anymore because of the contraction of teams. But so I worked spring training, extended spring training, and then I went up to Billings, Montana, for the short season, rookie ball season, starting in I think it was June, um, right after the draft, and then I worked up there through. Our season ended the beginning of September at some point, and then my contract ended September fifteenth, so I was out of a job, no, no pay coming in. Not sure what I was going to do. They said there's possibility of offering me a full-time contract, but that wouldn't start till November 1st. And so there's a bunch of limbo. I'm applying for other jobs. Um, you know, 2017 was a crazy year. I mean, I proposed to my wife um, in Billings on the field before the 4th of July game with I don't know how many people were in the stands. I don't remember the surroundings at all. Yeah. I had video. So I kind of can look at that and be like, oh, yeah, that was crazy um but that was something that she's a huge baseball fan so okay she always joked like we should do it at home plate and I was like all right so I set it up and my parents were out there for it and everything so it's pretty cool but then uh yeah I I didn't know what I was gonna do I mean it was an awesome year it was fun I got to work with some great dudes a lot of guys a handful of little guys from that team are in the big leagues now and um you know we my wife and I were kind of like what do we do like, what do I, you know, we were engaged. We had picked we engaged July fourth, then we got married October twenty eighth. So very short engagement. Um but I was I remember calling the Reds and asking, like, hey, what's the deal? Like, do you know anything? And like, no, nope, don't know nothing. This is a morning I applied for a military job actually. Um long process to apply for military jobs once you get out. They want all your military stuff and all this other crazy paperwork took four hours for me to do everything. And then the Reds called me that afternoon and said, Hey, we want to bring you on next year for a full a full year contract. I was like, Oh, thank goodness. You know, so I knew I was gonna start getting paid again. Um spent that year in Daytona, Florida, with the C at the full season club. I uh, in a high A affiliate at that time. Now it's a low A affiliate. But uh a lot. We were really good that year. Had a great year. It was awesome. I mean, Florida was incredible. Daytona was awesome. Um, you know, the field was, was older. You know, it was kind of nostalgic. You know, Jackie Robinson played there when he was playing, so it was cool. And
2: That's cool.
1: I I have some guys from that team. I, I mean, I still talk to a lot of the guys that I worked with, and like I said, I mean, that team, I think we have 15 guys on that team that made the big leagues now, and it's pretty cool to see when they get called up, you know, yeah. and, we were a little part of that. My wife got to know a lot of those guys too. So she's like friends with them on Instagram or Facebook and, you know, whatever. They're all growing up now too, right? They're, they were 19, 20, 22 year old kids now, then and 18, and now they're 26, 27, having kids, getting married. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then at the end of that year, I was on a one year contract and they said, hey, we'll give you another one year contract. So it's just how baseball works. You know, I guess I did well enough to stick around and Spent the next year, 2019, rookie ball in Greenville, Tennessee. Um, <laughs> middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Um, east side of Tennessee, kind of by like Johnson City. Small town, um, we rented it, me and the trainer, the two trainers and our video guy rented an Airbnb, which happened to be a, a, like a trailer in the parking lot of a like a diesel repair shop so um we drove up to it when we got there i'm like oh it's an actual trailer um it was very big trailer double wide but um, (laughs) you know it was it was it was it was wild i mean rent was like for the three months we were there i think we paid like 325 total each you know it was crazy cheap you know coming from arizona you're like this is it, you know, that's yeah. it, so, but it was fun, it was, it was a good season, I mean, being a rookie ball again was, was a little hard at first, you know, knowing, like, I wasn't going to be, I was supposed to move up a level, and I didn't, because of some things that went on, and there was nothing wrong with that, I mean, it was good, and then, uh, you know, I, my contract was, expi- uh, yeah, my contract was expiring again, but they were through the end of the year, so that was kind of nice to know, like, after the year, we'd have till Christmas, at least, to figure it out, a um, bunch of shit happened in the organization. Guys got moved around and they opened up a a position, like one of our coordinators left, um, assistant guy left and for a job, a different job. And so they opened his job up to anybody. And uh, I was I applied myself and a couple other dudes with the organization, plus uh, however many from outside the organization. And I was blessed enough to get the promotion to be the assistant coordinator. the minor leagues um and yeah i did that for that was a two-year contract so 20 basically 2020 2021 um i was the assistant coordinator for the minor leagues um meant i would like be in arizona which was awesome because we were pregnant when i got the promotion i was supposed to go to louisville for triple a that year my wife was going to move with me and then we found out we're pregnant and so she's not going to move with me and i'm gonna have to be gone And then I got a promotion where I get to stay in Arizona. So, I mean, the stars aligned for us. And then, you know, we had all this planning and I had to do a lot of different stuff that I hadn't had to do before. And plan a travel schedule to go to all the affiliates and see strength coaches and do all this other stuff. And then, you know, that thing pops up in in March in 2020. March 15th. Everyone's going home. Something, this deadly virus is. Yeah hanging in the air so we got sent home (laughs) um nobody knew what the fuck was going on yeah i mean the you know the position i was in i was fine probably unless they decided to cut everybody um you know we had a lot of conversations as or as like the leadership of the strength department on what we're gonna do how are we gonna you know get everybody in our department through this and hopefully not lose anybody because there were teams there were Organizations all over the place literally just canceling people's contracts because of I don't know what the wording in the contracts is, but it's there where they can do that. And guys were just out of jobs, like, like all right, we're gonna pay you for the next sixty days, and then that's it. And it's just like it's all this virus is going on. You're not gonna be able to find a job. The country's shutting down, and dudes are losing jobs. So everyone was freaking out, and you know it. It settled, but you know, it kind of sucked for me my first year to really like learn and be in a leadership role and now is completely different. Um, my wife and I always say it's a blessing though, because our daughter was born in June that year. Uh, I was supposed to actually travel uh, beginning of the end of, March, uh, end of May. And then I was supposed to go on a three and a half week trip, like the end of June. And she was born, you know, middle of June. So with, with that, you know, shut down, I didn't have to travel anymore so I got to be home all the time work from home you know doing a lot of zoom calls um and stuff but I was home and it was awesome you know to be there when she was you know we brought her home and I didn't have to worry about like am I gonna have to leave right now so um I mean it was a blessing for us for sure um we just you know, raise this little baby and does a lot of zoom calls and she was on a lot of zoom calls with me and she's <laughs> up, you know, but, um, everyone loves seeing her. it's kind of fun and maybe, you know, and then we got back to work and, and in, 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 I don't know what it was, maybe October, we went back to work finally and actually had a few people come in, obviously a lot of protocols and yeah, shit in place. And, and then, uh, off season, I got moved over to a different role still the assistant coordinator technically but i was working with our long-term rehab for 2021 you know working with anybody who had a major surgery from the big leagues all the way down to rookie ball and you wow. know daily um it was tough you know just because i was working six days a week again I, after having a whole basically a year of not yeah. having to go yeah. to work <laughs> anyway, you're, yeah you're back to work every day and it was cool. I mean, it was awesome. I, I worked with some great kid, great kids. I call them kids, but some are, you know, whatever. And, you know, it just it's cool to see you guys make it back and get healthy and get to play again. And, you know, a couple of the guys that made debuts in the big leagues this year, which is fucking awesome. And other guys who were big leaguers are now with the Reds or another team, but me still talk to them, you know, shoot them a message on Instagram or text them here or there. And, you know, make sure, you know, just see how guys are doing and it's it's pretty cool, you know, and then, you know, we were, we found out we were pregnant again in January, um, 2021. And I'm like, damn, that's quick, you know, <laughs> but, um, it was, yeah, I mean, so you're working, my wife's working still a little bit here and there because we only, you know, it's just our daughter and babysitters and stuff, family helping out. And then uh, we did the bomb, dropped on us March 1st. Um, COVID stuff's still an issue, so I can't go to the ultrasound for the first ultrasound. And I'm in a baseball practice with the high school I was helping at the time. She got done with the thing appointment, and I was like, everything good? Maybe good? Just one, right? She's like, yep, yep, yep. Everything's good. Healthy. Doctor's cool. It says everything's good. I said, all right. And I got home. She had the ultrasound pictures, you know big old profile picture of this baby just laying there and I, and there I flip in what the fuck, what the fuck is that I said, are you okay what is that bump right there said, oh, it's baby B <laughs> I, uh. <laughs> I, I literally I, I mean I'm not ashamed to say it I probably it might be the first time she's ever seen me cry um, she was like she was crying she's like you're so happy I was like no no, <laughs> no, like we uh, we need a new house, we need new yeah. cars. You know how many diapers <laughs> that is, you know how many bottles? Like, we're never gonna sleep, you know. And so, oh, uh, that's great, yeah. That great. found out we're having twins, um, complete shock. No twins in the families, either one. Um, oh,
0: wow, uh, yeah. I was gonna ask that. So, it, it's nothing that mm, runs in the van just no, uh, it's all your fault.
1: Yeah, so we found out twins, so then I'm like, oh, boys, girls, one of each, Like, what are we going to, you know, and so obviously we find out later, two boys, and um, yeah, it was whirlwind after that, I mean, pregnancy wasn't fun for my wife, she did yeah. not enjoy it at all, yeah. especially then with two, she got, she's very, she's like five feet tall five one, so as you can imagine, she got a little closer to the due date it was life was rough and we have a toddler running around, yep. um, you know, so, you know, it was, it was tough. I was working still six days a week. Literally. I worked the day before the boys, um, like due date, um, uh, which is, we got to pick the due date cause they were, you know, a due C section type thing. And, yeah. um, they're like, you could pick any day if it falls within this window. like, All, right. All right. Well, the ninth, 19th of September. Does that work? And they're like, yep. We chose that date because that's the day we met. Um, so we met, what, 2014? And the boys were born the same exact day, 2021. 20, so seven years later, I never would have imagined I'd meet this girl in Florida. And in seven years, we're going to be married with three kids. So boys are delivered uh, 19th. And then the Reds called me the twenty fourth and uh told me they weren't going to renew my contract, so
2: <laughs>
1: it was uh it was a weird week to say the least, but uh you know, I got three months off, paid basically, they paid me through the end of the year, and I used that time to find a job and be a dad and help obviously with three you know three kids year and a half and younger um, and kind of fell into this Vegas job. Um guy that I interned with, well, I didn't intern with, he interned the same place, posted on our intern, our intern group on Facebook saying, Hey, I'm about to leave this job. Anybody interested? Reached out to him, um, talked to him a little bit, did some research, sent him my resume. Owner called me that night on vacation, called me and said, Hey, talk to me for like an hour, let's do an interview. All right, I'll drive up. When do you want me to come up? Drove up to Vegas one day. Did the interview. Drove back home that night. Um, and then he offered me a job at the end of the year. He said, when do you want to start? And I said, I'll start whenever. He said, when do you want to start? And I said, I'll start on Monday. This is a Thursday. Yeah. He said, okay. Sounds good. So I told him, hey, babe, I'm going to drive up to Vegas on Sunday and start working. So... <laughs> She was a saint, she she was in Arizona for three months. And I I went, I traveled back and forth, commuted, you know, Friday, Sunday, Sunday nights, I drive up to Vegas and I drive back home Friday after work. So until we could sell the house and buy a house up here and, you know, try to build a business and, and all that while I'm doing that and trying to be a dad the best I can from afar. And it was very, it was a tough three months for everybody. Um, her a lot more physically cause the lack of sleep and, and whatever me a lot of mo- probably a lot more emotionally than I actually realized just not being able to see my kids every night. Um, and every day, cause that, that's all I'd known, you know, since our daughter was born. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, now I'm here in Vegas I'm the director of performance of the facility here and, um, athletes all the way from like 12, 13 years old all sports up to, I got a handful of big leaguers. Um, obviously they're starting to trickle back home. Um, now that the season's over, we got a couple that are still in the uh, playoffs. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, I'm rooting for him, obviously. Um, be cool to see him get a ring. Um, one of the guys I work with currently, he has a ring from a couple of years ago. Oh that's Um, it. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he definitely liked the. He didn't really talk about it, but they always the other guys would ask him, give him shit yeah. about it. Like, man, you yeah. already got your ring. What the fuck, you know? He's like, and he would always he pulled up some pictures from the parade and all this other shit. And I'm just like, dude, that looks so fun. <laughs> like, that would be so cool. And he's like, it was, <laughs> you know. And so hopefully, you know, one of the other one, a couple, of, one of the other guys can get one too this year. That'd be cool. Or at some point, you know. And,
0: you're talking about uh, players
1: or, or like staff? Like as
0: uh, you as staff, you
1: okay, players, but you as staff,
0: if, if you're part of the organization, do you have to be like on the pro organization or you, you as like one of the minor league guys, you, you get a piece or anything like
1: that? Yeah, so I mean obviously if you're at the big league level um financially, if the players determine you're worthy enough, they'll give you a player's yeah. share of the money, right? They get so many player shares. However, many it is, I don't remember 45 or 50. Obviously, every player is going to get a player's share of the playoff money, and then they give out the rest of the shares to whoever they determine. Sometimes it's like one player's share to the strength staff. And if there's two strength coaches, they obviously the head guy decides what he's going to do. Most likely he's going to give some of the money to um, his assistant. He might give a little bit down to every strength coach. Who knows? Right. Um, and I mean, player shares can be. Especially if you win the World Series. Yeah. Quite substantial. Um, I know I've heard some numbers thrown around for a couple of the last couple of years, player shares are between four hundred and six hundred thousand. Damn. Um, so that would be a nice bonus as a strength coach, of course, yeah. to like, oh, we win the world series and I get a five hundred thousand dollar check. Nice, you know. Not bad. Um, and then obviously if you're at the big league level, you get the ring, like the fucking ring, right? Yeah. Um, But if you're in the organization at all, they will give you uh, basically a replica of the ring, Um, different amounts of money they cost, right? There's different tiers, I guess they call them. There's like the A tier, which is the players, everyone at that big blue level. There's like a B tier. And then there's, I think a C tier, but um, we're talking still, you can't tell the difference to be honest. I mean, a buddy of mine who was with the Braves last year, he was not renewed, prior to the playoffs at the end of his minor league season, the Braves still, he's got a ring. I mean, and it's huge. It's huge. <laughs> and I think it's worth something. I think his is worth something like five or six K um, and it's not even close to the 25 to 30 K for the other guys. Right. But it's the same ring. It's legitimately, it's got his name on it. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's huge. I've never, I was just like, holy shit, that's big. That'd have been cool. Like I wish, you know, at some point, you know, I could have been part of that, but you know, I wasn't in the cards. Um, we almost got one in 2018 in the minor leagues. We lost in the championship, so we would have got a ring for that, of course, if we were, if we'd have won, but um, we didn't. So it'd have been cool, but um, you know, I'm where I'm at is where I'm at, and I enjoy it. You know, I'm I get to be home every night with my family. Um, yeah, I work a lot of hours during the week, but I have weekends off. Holidays off, vacation days, which that's not a thing, obviously, in pro sports. Your vacation is the off season, but if you're yeah. at a certain level, like the coordinator level, you don't really get an off season. You're still doing shit. You're still doing phone calls. You're still, you may not have to go to work all the time, but you still got to work. Um, the, pre- the
0: preparation of the next scheduling. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, hiring. Yeah. I mean, for example, I got the job right as the assistant coordinator in. November ended November beginning of December I found out and I was going to Hawaii that year for New Year's with my family with my wife and brother and his wife and my parents and coordinator my boss was like hey we got to interview this kid what day works and I was like well I'm going to Hawaii and he's like well I was like I mean I can do it in Hawaii just get on the computer but like it's got to be at a certain time like I'm six hours or whatever behind you yeah I ain't trying to get up at three in the morning so I told him i will do it at eight o'clock. So I'm sitting on the on the beach in Hawaii, like, hey, I got to go do this interview. And so I, we interviewed this kid, you know. Yeah, and I'm sitting on the I'm sitting on the beach, <laughs> you know, working. You know, I'm getting texts while I'm in Hawaii. Guys looking for gyms and stuff, like. It wasn't. I mean, it was vacation, but it was still work too, you yeah. know. And I finally had to just turn my phone off and not answer shit for a few hours, just so I could enjoy it my family and being you know away from work for a little bit but but yeah work never really stops at that level once you especially when you get the big league level those guys they're just it's all year round and you know now it's like yeah i'm gonna take this day off and i have a guy that works with me and he'll just work longer hours that day and yeah. so it's uh the work-life balance is a lot better um a lot better for sure so the perks i mean i miss it sometimes Some days I don't, but it's, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's cool now because you know, you're working with, I'm working with a lot of high school age kids. Uh, I have some college guys obviously that are gone at school right now, but um, to see the younger kids grow, right. Develop in the gym, get stronger, get better, come in the gym and oh, I committed to, we just had a kid commit to Oregon, you know, for baseball. And he's like, "Ah, I'm committed to Oregon. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Like it's exciting, you know? And, to see their look on their face when they finally get this, and then hopefully, this next one is like, I just got drafted, right? And just being with them through the whole process is, yeah, it's fun. And trying to impart some just some knowledge that I have, right? Of um, having been where they want to be, um, helps a lot, I think. Um, you know, they they see that and like, you've done it. I mean, I didn't play, don't get that, like, don't get that twisted. I didn't play, I ain't that good, but um. I've been there. I've lived it. I've, you know, but
0: is that is that where a lot of the fulfillment comes from? Right? It is it's like you know they say those that can't do teach, right? You you, you could do a little bit, but now you, again, just kind of come across it, right? It's kind of lucked up into this area yeah. where you you feel that you can give back to these kids and and give them something that maybe you didn't have, you didn't get, because again, we're talking eighteen years later the progression of that exercise you know the physical strength science and everything like that leaps and bounds over what it used to be
1: yeah i mean we didn't i mean strength and conditioning was a thing for football when i was in high school yeah and our yeah. hockey coach tried to do a little bit of but we were like nah bro we ain't we ain't doing that shit yeah. No
2: play you know?
1: <laughs> yeah whereas now like if you aren't working out as an athlete in high school you might still be good like it happens all the time there's high school kids that you see that here in vegas or phoenix or whatever they don't work out but they're good but then they're gonna to go to college and they're gonna to have to lift and yeah. they're gonna be behind the behind the eight ball and they're gonna be struggling you know and guys get physically better obviously as you move up and um, you get the pro level and you know you got freaks at the professional baseball level mm-hmm. like just genetic freaks you know got guys that Man, we shit. We had a kid, 6'5", 230 pounds, had no clue how strong he was. He deadlifted in like 405. And I was like, that's easy, buddy. You need to go heavier. He ends up going 565 that day. Literally the same day. And I was like, what have you been doing? Like, you're obviously <laughs> strong enough to lift it. Why have you been slacking off? And he's like, I didn't I didn't realize I could lift it. And so it's like, but now you're, he's 20, 20 years old, you know, out of high school drafted and had no clue. And you got high school kids now, like, oh, I'm I'm going to go play college. I'm going to get drafted. And it's like, I don't think you realize, like, the work that these guys put in. Yeah. You know, and, and me being in the rehab sector last year with our with the team, and now the place I'm at now is, like, has a PT clinic as well. So I get these kids that come out of rehab, like, from their surgery to come over to me and they start working with me, at, you know, three months after surgery. And I'm like, look, I was exactly doing this with pros last year. This is how hard they work. If you even want to sniff that, you need to work more even harder. Because yeah. I mean, they're not going to give up their spot for you just because you, yeah. if you do get drafted, that, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good. I don't want to make millions millions, millions, millions of dollars more. I'm cool. No, they want to keep playing and make more money. So it's just like it gets harder and harder. And and I think that if I can impart that a little bit on a high school kid or even a college kid that I work with, it's like you're going to play this game for a certain amount of time. You know, I, ideally, you're the one that gets to decide when you're done. But there's not very many people in any sport yeah. that get to decide and walk away on their own terms. Yeah. It's very rare, right? So, um, you know, I mean, obviously, we've seen it a lot this year, right? Pujols, Molina you know, all these guys, you know, they've got to kind of walk away on their own terms, but that is so rare. But that, even at
0: that, right, it's like, is it them? It's not them at their prime or shortly after their prime where it's like, the it's just them kind of still on the team, still getting some at bats. It's kind of there, yeah. right? It, it, it's a great, yeah. example. I think Tom Brady this year, right? It's like, I, I don't even follow sports anymore like I once did, but I know he's not doing that good. I know he's got a lot of family issues and it was like last year. I mean, he hung it up. He retired. That would have been on his, on his terms where mm-hmm. on a high. And now you come back and it's like, mm, there was that the cliff, right? Did he fall off the cliff and he didn't even realize it coming back, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it's like, even if sometimes they say you, they think it's on their terms, but it was that one year too long. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: And, I mean, yeah, it happens. And, and you never want to say like, Oh, i should have retired a year earlier or whatever but yeah i mean it, it's tough you know especially if you've been in the game so long like yeah think about it too like those guys like these guys that's all they know yeah you know like if you're tom brady or however fucking old he is 45 or whatever like he's yeah. been playing football for probably 35 years he knows nothing else you know and Pujols probably probably playing baseball since he was two He's probably like 50 right now. We just don't know it, you know. (laughs) Um, Great baseball player, you know, great baseball player. And he doesn't know anything else, you know. And so I think that's where it's going to be hard, especially for guys towards the end of the career. Like, not that they need to do anything ever. Again, they've made more money than they can ever spend, their kids could ever spend, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's just that, now what? You know, like, what do I do now? so they they maybe stick around a little too long but i mean but that's rare right a lot of guys they get the phone call and say hey we'll let you go and then they're done that's it yeah never see
0: him again never hear from him again
1: yeah i mean and in the minor leagues i mean you see it all the time guys are just living the dream they're playing pro baseball and literally that night like we would get emails as staff like the morning of After the game, these are the moves that are going to happen. Release so-and-so, release so-and-so. So So I'm in the clubhouse before the game. I'm in the dugout during the game talking to a dude. He's telling me how, whatever, he's doing all this preparation, knowing in the back of my head, you're going home tonight. Like I'm not going to – it's not my job to tell him. The manager's job to tell him. And, uh, you know, there are times where I'd have to go like a manager, but, hey, Alex, go grab so-and-so. I knew exactly why he wanted him. But I'm like, hey, hey – so-and-so wants to talk to you. And I'd like, I'd walk away or I'd stand right outside the door depending on my relationship with the guy and I knew it was coming. And a lot of times it's hard, it is hard. Yeah. You, know? you build a relationship with guys and then they get told like, okay, you know, that's it. And That's grown men crying, of course. Um, knowing like I might not get another opportunity. Um, it's tough, you know, but it just, the next day life goes on too which sucks you know but it is what it is what it's got to be right when i got let go you know when the reds told me they weren't going to renew my contract you know they filled my spot no problem real quick you know Mm -hmm. so i was a commodity just like you said earlier on the thing like you're training the guy that's going to take over for you like if you left tomorrow someone's going to jump in your spot same thing in pro ball so It's a business, you know, and, and, you know, I learned that real, I learned that in five years, you know, pro baseball is a business. I never expected to be with the Reds for 25 years, and retire and be done and never expected that. It just, it came to kind of a little abrupt ending. Didn't really have like a reason that they had. They kind of gave me a BS reason, lied about some shit, um, which kind of frustrated me, but you know, it's a good thing I'm out. I mean, I've heard some stories and seen some stuff with this, that organization. I was I still talk to some people there. And, you know, it's just like, okay, I'm kind of glad I'm gone, you yeah. know, and I'm doing my own thing and kind of my own boss right now. I mean, I, you know, the ownership of the company is my boss technically, but they kind of leave me be and I like do my own thing on the performance side. And, you know, I run questions by them and big purchases by them, of course, but yeah. you know, they don't really bother me when it comes to like how I do things or the schedule or whatever. They're just like, just make sure there's somebody there. All right. No problem. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's a blessing to be out now and seeing it from the outside and you know what I was missing, you know, time at home, um, putting my kids to bed, um, Waking up and having breakfast with my kids, yep. stuff that uh, you know, you yep. can't ever get back. So,
0: I feel you on all that, man. Yeah. I feel you on all that. You know, there's something that me and a lot of my friends talk about here. You know, is is you know that that fatherhood thing and trying to be all that and the military. is hard, you know, mm-hmm. if existing at all, right? It's hard, you know. Much of 2020, you know, I, same thing. You know, that March 15th, I went to telework. You know, uh I, I did. I didn't go back to work until I transferred. And then even at that, when I transferred it, it was to a pre-com. And I was like, shit, I'm in at nine, I'm gone by eleven. Right. And and those were like those, you know, my son just having turned five on Tuesday. Like I've been at home for like almost his whole life. And now it's like getting back to the ship and getting underway, being gone for 10 days at a time. This and that's like fuck. Yeah. Fuck, you know. So it's like, can't wait until I get to join. Everyone else is in retirement or or vet, and so I can have my little veteran placard, right, and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm fucking gone, and and have those breakfasts and everything like that, you know, and and so you know, I, I really feel that, and I think some some people don't realize, right, and for the young listeners that might be listening out there, right, it's like, so something that I've hear been hearing you say, right, is like, you've had a lot of sacrifice, still, right, it does it doesn't matter if you're in the military or not, if you want success in the, anywhere in life, there's going to be a sacrifice somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And you sacrifice that time away from girlfriends, fiancés, wives, kids, you still sacrifice it, but it was your, it was more of your own choice to sacrifice and not a, you know, here's your order go March. Right. But yeah. you still had to do it for the success that you were looking for.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, we always joke like when COVID happened, I mean, that was the longest, um, time my wife and i had been together consecutively yeah um since we met i mean we met i was we were kind of i don't know what we were in the beginning very very beginning because i was leaving like three months and i was gone for six and then i came back for four they moved again and was in wisconsin she was in arizona she came and moved to wisconsin for like a month and a half and then got a promotion to move back to arizona so she left and then i got the job with the reds and then I was only there for three months in Arizona because I went to Billings and I came back and I was there for six and then I went to Florida and then I came back and I was there for six and I went, you know, it was like six months here, six months there. And like during the season, like in Billings, she came up obviously the day I proposed and then um, she came up like another for like five more days. When I was in Daytona, she went out there with me, was there for like the very, very, very beginning of the season, left, came out with the All-Star break, left for three days, four days, and then the end of the season, she came out. So like six months, didn't, saw her for like four days, five days. Yeah. And then same in Tennessee, like she came out with, drove out with me and then came out at the end of the season, you know, to drive back with me. So like three or four months or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, but again, it was our choice, it was my choice, you know, yeah. if we didn't want to do it, you know, she's extremely supportive, you know, obviously um, she's been like, you do what you got to do. When I got this Vegas, when I even applied for it, I talked to her, what do you think? You know, and she said, I support you, you know, whatever you will decide. If you think it's whatever, let's do it. I said, all right. And then when I got the call, I was like, I'm going to take it. And she said, okay. So, you know, she ran the household she still does now like she's obviously stay-at-home mom right now because babysitter for three fucking kids can't afford that <laughs> you know yeah. so um stay-at-home mom um she's incredible i mean i yeah i mean we'll do this and you know we're in a good spot you know uh, with my job with the kids her um you know, financially we're doing all right, you know, and I think we'll do this. We'll write it out. We'll see. I mean, will we end up somewhere else? I don't know. I mean, you know, being that I've done this now for what, eight years almost, um, you know, there's times I get phone calls or emails about other positions and from people that I know, or, you know, a lot of like military people that I've connected with who worked with military, like the H2F program for the army and stuff. Hey, we got this job open, you know, in who fucking knows where, North Carolina. What do you think? Yeah. First question: What's the pay? Yeah, you know, and um, pays bullshit money. And I'm like, no, nope, not worth my, not even worth me thinking about it, you know. And yeah, I mean, before I got the job here in in Vegas, I was the finalist for a job in Coronado, um, working with one a certain command out there as you can imagine i'm familiar um they um and it was a pre like a like a strength coach prior to their major initial training Mm -hmm. you know so like dudes that were hopeful to get through that right which would have been fucking cool highly motivated dudes that want to get better that's like a dream for a strength coach didn't get the job probably a good thing Don't know what the pay was going to be, but knowing the area, it ain't cheap.
0: No, it's not cheap out here, people.
1: (laughs) And I got three babies. Yeah. So I can't just buy I can't just move into a one bedroom apartment.
2: Yeah.
1: I got to get at least two, probably three bedrooms. And like I was looking at rent, I was like, Jesus, I can't afford a house out there. Yeah. So it's probably a blessing. I didn't get that job Um, as much as I would have fucking loved it. um, It's probably a blessing. I didn't get it um come to vegas no state tax so can't complain there yep um but uh yeah man i just but now it's my choice right you know like in the military you ain't got no choice you know i when i was up for orders after sig they're like yeah this squadron or this squadron both in virginia all right give me whatever one you want then you know <laughs> you know and, and then part of the reason i got out i was up for they screwed up and put my um end of service with the command is the same as my my end of service date uh, so i was only going to be there for two years right and so i got to call the detailer and like hey man i want to go somewhere else and it's like well you know, you need, you know, where you want to go? I said, I'll go anywhere. I don't want to go anywhere else. And they had a, I'll never forget, they had a billet at uh, the embassy in Rio, De Janeiro.
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, and it was an E5 job. I was testing for E5, but I said, listen, it's a three-year billet. I'm single. I mean, all the qualifications, except I wasn't currently in E5. I said, you send me there, I'll re-enlist right now for six. You can send me anywhere you want after the three there and he said nah can't do that So okay i'm gonna get out <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm not i'm not gonna stay in and then when they finally they came back and they were like oh we screwed up if you're if you stay in you got to stay at that command for another two years and i was like <sighs> well, i'm definitely getting out now like yeah. no no way i'm going on another deployment and possibly a third in this command because the way they were doing deployments at that point was just crazy so I mean, yeah, now it's what I want, like I can get offered a job and say yes or no, and that's it, like there's no you've gotta do this, like nope, <laughs> so
2: yeah, that's
0: maybe one day I'll get there, I know I mean, one day I'll get there
1: the choice of getting to live where you want is uh is awesome, you know yeah. and now. Like I said, I mean, am I going to be here for 20 years? I don't know. I mean, who knows? So who knows what's going to happen in life and, you know, with the family and all this other stuff and my immediate family, obviously here or like my parents, like God forbid something happens where I need to be closer or we have to be closer to my wife's parents or whatever. So, um, you know, things happen, you know, so we'll figure it out though. I mean, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now, loving it. Um, we've got a good group of dudes there, and they work with me, and we're just slowly building it, you know. And We're going to be pretty good, and I think it's going to be pretty good here in the next year or so. I think it's going to explode here.
0: Someplace. And you guys do someplace. more than just baseball, right? You say you guys do all sports there where you're at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I got a majority baseball because that's what okay. the ownership is known for. They've been training baseball players for 20-plus years. And, um, but I got a basketball player. I had some tennis players. I had like the fourth ranked tennis player in the country. They're like 14 years old. Damn. He was he's super quiet. He's funny. I was like, would I score a point on you? He's like, nah. Okay. <laughs> you know. But I mean. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to try. He's like, No, you don't. I was like, all right. Um but um tennis, volleyball, um trained a cheer, new a couple of UNLV cheerleaders. Um, I actually have a meeting with their whole team tomorrow to see if they all want to come in or not. So um, that's pretty, they're, they're different. You know, it's a different dynamic. Cheer- i never, I don't know anything about cheerleading, but they help me and I try to build the workout for them specifically. Right. not just like, Oh, let's just do random shit. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball players. Yeah. I, I, I got golf, a couple golfers or whatever. So I mean, I got a high school girl that comes in, played volleyball, and she decided to quit. She just told me, I want to get jacked. So we're getting stronger. So, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a whole array of athletes. And, you know, you come train with me, you know, we have an assessment. We do a, pro, you know, we have a conversation about goals and the programs written for those, you know, and what, what we see on the assessment. So it's as individualized as we can get, um, you know, to try to get you where you want to be. You know, and I think, you know, if anybody wants to play sports at a high level, kind of need that, you know, and, you know, I'm going to give them the, the advice they need and I'm going to hopefully get them stronger and, and bigger and, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep growing, you know, so that's it, man. I, I try to keep it simple, you know, let's get bigger, let's get faster, let's get stronger. It's cliche, but it's true, especially for younger kids. You know, and we don't yeah. need all that fancy shit. But it's just lift some heavy stuff, and you'll get better. And then let's continue to do that until you're where you want to be. So
0: that's awesome. That's awesome, Alex. You were, we're hitting that ninety-minute mark. It's getting late into the night. We'll go and wrap it up here. You know, uh, w- one last question before before we actually wrap up. Right? Um, There's going to be that hard one. Right? It's like maybe not so hard. For those for those sailors, those first termers right now, those second termers right now that might be listening, right? What is it you know quick rapid fire advice that you would give them as they're like, "Fuck the Navy, I hate it, I'm out this bitch." What do you, what would you tell them?
1: I mean, if you hate it, for sure get out. I mean, you'll figure it out. Um, you know, I think ideally have a plan. Don't just decide one day I'm getting out and. A week and you know like right like i knew probably nine months before my eos like i was getting out so i started to make a plan right i don't think anybody i've never met anybody who just decided like a week or two before their contract was up like i'm done i don't think i've ever met anybody like that most people that i've met who've gotten out were like three four five six months prior like I'm done because I'm not looking for orders. I'm not signing a contract. So fucking do some research. (laughs) Figure out what you want to do. It's like you get out. If you have terminal leave, that's good. That would give you an extra two months or whatever, you know, to uh, figure out what you want to do. But you should have some sort of idea. I mean, I kind of did, right? Law enforcement. Um, But obviously, you got your GI bill. If nothing else, just go to school. It's it might suck. You may not want to. Um obviously don't go to school if you're not gonna finish because GI Bill like they shut you they cut you off for like three years or some shit like that. Um so don't start it until you're actually ready to use it. But have a, some sort of plan. That'd be the only thing I can say. You know, if you're getting out, there's gotta be something you enjoy. Look into it and find a job. I mean you're not going to enlist again, like get out and be out. I mean, some guys do sure. Um, but there's always something you can do and I'm not going to say life is better outside of the military because mm-hmm. I mean, I've been blessed and I've been really lucky to have some, some cool experiences. But I also know some guys who have struggled, um, when they got out and they're kind of, I mean, I don't know if they, know if they still struggle, but it was hard transition. Right. Yeah. But there's always something you, you like, you know, you like to do whatever it may be, can always, I mean, shit with jobs nowadays, like probably find a job anywhere, even if it's just to figure, give you like a little bit of time to figure it out. Like I got an athlete training to try to get, play baseball again, and he works at Amazon because it works for his schedule, you know, and he doesn't like it, but it affords him the time to train, to try to play professional baseball. So that's what he does to make some money. So figure something out before you don't just get out with with no plan. Have some sort of idea, something, even if it's very broad, right? You know, if find a mentor would be the other thing, right? Like if you really, really, truly want to do whatever, I want to work with. I want to be a strength coach. Okay, what do you need to do to be a strength coach? There's one path: get a degree. Well, there's you solves your problem. Use your GI, your GI Bill, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's not that difficult. I want to be a I want to be a barber. Okay, find a barber college. Use your GI Bill and just go run with it. You know, um, but set your goals high. That's the other thing I tell them too. Don't feel bad. I don't think you should like I know some I've I've heard a couple of buddies of mine or friends of day, guys that guys who are in, they get out and they're just like, I don't know. they lost the camaraderie. It can be tough, right? I mean, I walked into a job where we still had that. And then I walked into another job where we still had that. Um, you know, in school is a little different because you're just kind of by yourself, especially as a veteran, right? I mean depending on when you go in and when you get out. Like I was 20 when I went in, 25 when I got out, 29 I think when I went back to school, 28, 29. So I'm in class with like 18-year-old freshmen. They're freaking out about tests, you know, and all that shit. And I'm just like, you know, I know nothing about what stress is, you know. I mean, I'm stressed because I ain't getting no making no money. I got bills. I'm not living with mom and dad. I also beat up a homicide suspect three months ago. like we're taking an english test like this is this ain't shit you know no one's gonna shoot me right now um so i think just understand like you're probably in a little different mindset than a lot of people your age you know even if you just were us right like i worked logistics but it still is different you know you're a little more matured i think most of us are um when you get out you've probably been on deployment unless you lucked out and Worked your way around that somehow. Um, you probably you've done a lot of things. A lot of people your age haven't, um, and you're going to be an older person in college probably. You know, you're going to be 22 year old if you go into 18, 22 year old freshman. He's going to be 18. I have no clue what life is like outside of the house with mom and dad, right? So, try not to get wrapped up in all that shit either. You know, just put your head down and set your goal and do it. I mean, what you do in the military like here's my goal is to be an e5 or an e6 or whatever like then you just do it so i mean shit what, what are you i don't even know what you are anymore what senior chief chief just a chief it's a little oh. chief that's yeah. it well i mean you know I, it's funny you say that you know i remember you, you little e3 yeah you three over in sig, you and you and like like like, come on, like I said, you know, him and I working fucking midnights, you know, working the system a little bit, sneaking out earlier, <laughs> yeah, not even, not even coming in, you know, like, hey, you got it, yeah, I got, it. okay, cool, and then just not even going, you know, eh, hopefully our our old l p o s and chiefs aren't listening, but I'm pretty sure they knew <laughs> they just kind of let it be, but. Now he's what fucking chief or senior yep. chief or some shit.
0: Yep, he's chief also. Yep, and then,
1: I mean, there's a couple of the other ones like I don't know who the little Mexican girl was.
0: She, um, 13 she's a senior chief. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I look back, I'm like, damn. I told my wife the other day, damn, I could have been a chief. You know, but you know, it's it's funny to look back on. You know, like I know y'all when you all were real, the real you. You know.
2: Still,
0: still, still am. Still am. It just, it's mean, just a real younger me. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. We we were. I should meet some of your sailors right now and tell them what you were really like. You know, but
0: I, I tell them. I got I no <laughs> secrets. I tell them. I let them know.
1: Well, and I'm sure it's a lot different now, right? I mean, oh. I'm I'm sure the dynamic in the military is a little different than when we went through boot camp. Um, not that, not that boot camp was hard. Or yeah, like crazy. They yelled at us and shit, of course, and beat us down and do all that shit but I'm sure it's probably a little bit different um, now Uh, but back to your question yeah have a goal figure something out just anything even if it's very general and then do what you can to work toward that while you're still in like set up college classes you know make sure you whatever you apply for jobs whatever it may be so that way when you get out you already have something lined up instead of just being like thrown out there and being like oh shit you know what do i do now Uh, that's my biggest piece of advice is just have a general plan and work toward it i don't know why you wouldn't do that but i mean it is what it is you know people like you said people are going to make their own life decisions and I got way too much other shit to worry about. You know, I got three kids trying to kill each other and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, beat up the cats we got and, you know, all this other crazy shit. So, like, that's what I'm worried about. I'm here to help, you know. Fuck, I'm I'm available to anybody. I tell people all the time. If you need anything, you can reach out to me. Um, you know, I'll give advice. Tell you what I think. But you're going to either take it or leave it either way. So, yep. But,
0: yep. All right, Alex, we'll wrap there, brother. I appreciate it so much for you uh, reaching back out to me. And, uh, you know, we, we've been trying to do this for a little bit and, and you reach back out. And I really appreciate that because this is a dream of mine. And and this is, as I tell all guests, like you just kept it alive for one more week, one more month. And uh, so I really appreciate that. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, talk about anything you'd like to. And um, okay. for all the listeners out there, you know, if you like this, you know, go ahead and get on your uh, favorite streaming, leave a review, uh, all that good stuff if you're watching on YouTube. Go ahead, and like and subscribe, leave a comment down below. Let me know what you think. And uh, we'll hit the outro. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit anchor.fm backslash podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respective institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.